Welcome to Conversations at the Cohen Center, a podcast about the humanities and interdisciplinarity, produced by the Cohen Center for the Humanities at James Madison University. Welcome to Conversations at the Cohen Center. I'm Morgan. And I'm Connor. And today we're sitting down with Dr. David Kirkpatrick, the Associate Academic Unit Head and Assistant Professor of Religion at James Madison University. He teaches classes on religion, civil rights, and Latin American studies at JMU. On December 2nd, Dr. Kirkpatrick will be hosting a public symposium on the global civil rights movement at the festival building in Ballroom A from 7 to 9 p.m. The symposium highlights student capstone research and includes keynote speaker, Dr. Ileana Rodriguez from Emory University. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Kirkpatrick. Thank you so much for having me, Morgan and Connor. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So to start us off, tell us a bit about your background and your research interests. Yeah, um, you, you answered a little bit about it, but I'm a scholar of Latin America working at the intersection of religion and politics. And so I love to explore, um, again, religion and social movements, right? And this really interesting intersection of how, how religion plays a role in motivations and making meaning uh, in all of these realities. Um, before JMU, I was on the faculty of Florida State University, which I'll come back to and talk about where this idea for the symposium came from with some trial runs. Um, but a lot of my background comes from my global training. So when I was when I was um, closer to your stage, I studied in Mexico, lived in Oaxaca, Mexico for a while, and I was a Spanish major in undergrad. Um, I actually did my PhD in the UK, where I studied global Christianity at the University of Edinburgh and stayed on in the faculty there at the Center for the Study of World Christianity. And so my experience, my research, a lot of my teaching experience has been with students and faculty all around the world. And that's a lot of what has shaped my thinking, not only as a researcher, but also as a teacher in drawing some of the the best of a lot of these traditions that are represented, especially in the global South, uh, in Africa, Asia, and Latin America. And I can tell a little bit more about that uh, too a little bit later. What do you find so interesting about religion and the civil rights movements in the Americas? Appreciate that question, Connor, because I think it fits with some of where the symposium and the thinking behind it is coming from. A lot of my research has focused on including marginalized voices into more established narratives on things like religion and and civil rights movements. I find so interesting how religion can be an organizing force. Of course, it can be intensely personal, but the ways that this can also uh, intersect how people think about improving the world or social change or the way that the world should be. Because at its its kind of core, the study of religion is the study of human difference. The groups that we belong to, the bodies we inhabit, the landscapes that we find ourselves in. And it really is a window into into all of those experiences, those identities, those things that we find and and many people find, you know, to be their core commitments. And so when we look at history, and I'm a historian, so when we look at the history of the civil rights movement in the U.S. and it's kind of broad diversity, religion is, for example, we look at Latino civil rights, a picture of the Virgin of Guadalupe is often you know, at the front of picket lines in the in the fields for the farm workers movement, um, or people are taking the Eucharist, you know, out in the fields. Or if we look at the the Black Civil Rights Movement, people like Martin Luther King Jr. are Baptist pastors who are giving sermons in churches, and they're they're providing an organizational structure. They're providing a built-in 
um, a leadership structure. They're providing a shared vocabulary for what it what an ideal society looks like. I find all of those things so interesting, especially as we look at how is history how has history been told, who has not been included in this story, and how do we get the story right by including these diverse experiences uh, and motivations. You mentioned talking about this a little later, so this might be a good time, but um, how did you get the idea for this symposium and and what did you have to do here at JMU to really make this a reality? Yeah, and I'm, I should say I'm very, very excited. And I met with my students today in Religion 450 and they're incredibly excited about the symposium to see so many people here from JMU as well as the community. We hope you'll join us. The, the idea for a class on the global civil rights movement came from conversations uh, when I taught at Florida State University. I had a colleague named Jamil Drake, who's a specialist in African-American religions. And over coffee and over meals together, we would often talk about how, how especially from my experience with Latin American and Latino civil rights movements, how do those fit into more established narratives in the civil rights movement, especially with African-American leaders? And so we decided and we asked for permission to, to co-teach a class together. And so it included graduate students like you two, uh, as well as undergraduate students. It was a hybrid class. And we got to co-teach where we brought both of our expertise together in, in teaching about kind of a, a global or a long civil rights movement. Um, I was able to bring a lot of that experience into creating a new class here at JMU out of the capstone class for especially religion majors, majors, but students of all across the College of Arts and Letters and beyond. And that experience of creating this class was able to intersect a broader dream that I always have, and that is elevating student research. How do we find ways to share these brilliant ideas of what our students have here at JMU and find more intersections between faculty research and student research. And so uh, over kind of broader conversations, especially uh, my wife is actually a high school teacher. And so gaining some of her experience of what students are thinking about um, just dreamed up this idea and then began asking uh, centers and people, strategic people at JMU, like the Cohen Center for the Humanities, uh, if it would be something that they would want to partner with. And it really uh, snowballed from there. But the motivation to just repeat was really to find space for synergies, kind of cross-pollination between what students are able to to find in their own research and their own motivations, things that that uh, excite them about these topics, and then intersecting someone like me who has expertise in it and bringing in an outside expert in Yami Rodriguez, Dr. Yami Rodriguez, finding space for that. And so I thought, how better of a way to do that than over a dessert reception where we can have cheesecake and coffee and even cheeseburger sliders and then talk about student research with these posters. Everything's better with food. Uh, so that's where a lot of emotion motivation came from. I love your philosophy about bringing students and graduate students and faculty together with research and really coming up with a space for everyone to have these conversations and to learn, especially with food. Uh, food is always the answer. <laughs> exactly. um, it really brings people together. Um, if you could pick out like one thing or two things that you're most looking forward um, to about the symposium, what would that be? And what do you think that some of these students in your religion class are looking forward to as well the most? Yeah, thanks a lot. You know, it's so fun to see when students are given uh, guidance and have this interface with the professor, but have a lot of creative room to explore, uh, you know, on their own research, as well as with me, as they're able to explore 
archives and oral histories of Maine leaders, what they're finding in their own research projects. So each of these students has chosen a different aspect of the global civil rights movement, especially in Latino, uh, Latina and African-American civil rights movements. They've chosen different topics and different themes for their research projects. And so they're spending the semester in these civil rights archives, again, in, in these interviews and personal papers of civil rights leaders. And they're going to bring this to their their posters that they'll have up at the symposium. And over the, the reception, they'll be interested to talk with people about what they found, what their main, you know, kind of arguments of these projects are. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing, and I know we'll have, we'll have students as well as faculty, as well as community members, lots of different experiences and stories that, that our audience will also bring to those conversations that we'll have. Um, I, think, I think there's a lot to learn from what the JMU students have been doing this semester as well as finding space for others to bring their own stories into those conversations of, for example, our speaker, Will Yami Rodriguez, is talking about uh, Latinx civil rights struggles in the South. And we have an incredibly diverse community of Harrisonburg where people have their own struggles with civil rights, where uh, there'll be a lot of room for conversation and learning together. So I'm really looking forward to the students having a, a venue to share, share that research. Now, were there any challenges that you faced when trying to put this um, this symposium together? Yeah, you know, I'm wearing a lot of different hats right now. So I'm, a, I'm an event planner. I'm picking out things for, you know, the reception. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a professor and a mentor where I'm exploring these, these research archives with my students, as well as being a community organizer. How do we find ways for I'm really excited about some Harrisonburg high school students who'll be joining us, some middle school students who'll be joining us. So lots of conversations with, with teachers and organizers there, you know, in the community of, of how is this going to be worthwhile, especially from underrepresented students who may be thinking about uh, JMU as a university. So it's a lot of different hats. It's been a lot of, uh, of work, uh, including getting people at JM, on JMU's campus, uh, centers and, and leaders to, to buy in and support, you know, what we're doing, but it's all been fun. I mean, this is because this has been a dream of mine for a while. It's been, it's been really, you know, joyful to be able to do, but putting all those things together and then putting them into event, an event, we'll be able to see the, the fruit of that hopefully in December 2nd. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Well, I'm so excited to see um, how this turns out. I know that you're super excited. I know that your students are. Um, and I think it's really cool that you're bringing in the community of Harrisonburg into this as well. Um, what do you anticipate will be the biggest takeaway for the students participating in your symposium, as well as those who are in attendance? And that could be like faculty, grad students, um, and even like the high schoolers and middle schoolers of Harrisonburg that you mentioned. I appreciate that question because I, I actually asked my students today in class, I said, I'm going on this podcast with the Cohen Center for Humanities and what should I share? What do you, what are you excited about? What do you want people to take away from the symposium? And it was, it was neat to see the excitement among the students talking about how our classroom conversations have fueled their, their creativity and their curiosity in their own research. They're excited to share again, these unique projects that what they've learned um, here but I think you know we we all have this collective memory about the civil rights movement. It is a it is a an, a moment in time for American history if we look at it as a as a period where 
the vast majority of people know something about it. They know main characters. They know Martin Luther King Jr. They have some sort of understanding of what was achieved out of it. But there's so many stereotypes about it. There's so many misunderstandings about what actually happened, as well as when we just contain it to you know, that moment in time and we just contain it to a few certain leaders within one certain community, then we miss so much that there is to learn. We miss kind of what actually happened on the ground. And so I think because the civil rights movement is so well known, there's a lot of opportunity for us to learn more and to have a lot of these histories that maybe have been established in our mind for a while, to have those histories be corrected, to understand the diversity of the civil rights movement, to understand the global sharing of ideas and motivations that are happening at this time. Um, and again, getting more of this background story, getting more of this history, getting, getting through these stereotypes. It's such a fascinating time in history where people your age, people who are, who are college students, grad students, from Paris to London to Mexico City to Prague are, are pushing for change and are holding protests you know, all around the world. There's this energy, there's this vitality, there's a restlessness among many generations. And so I'm excited for people to take away this global picture of what, what the civil rights movement was and what does that mean for us today? What does that mean for my own story? What does that mean for my own part to play in civil rights movements? Um, what does that mean for how I understand myself as a whole person in our an increasingly diverse world that we find ourselves in and community. Going off of that a little bit, you you were mentioning a bit about the Harrisonburg community and sort of the role that they'll play as spectators, perhaps. And so it kind of just brings up this question of what is it about Harrisonburg even that sort of changes this atmosphere, brings something into this conversation. And so I just I wanted to know if maybe um, you had some ideas about how this can affect Harrisonburg as a community, not just JMU students. Exactly. What a wonderful you know, way to, to think about this in terms of its our situatedness of this event in Harrisonburg. One of the things that attracted me about Harrisonburg and JMU is the diverse community. And I remember when I interviewed here, you know, seeing the signs that originated here in people's yards about that say, no matter where you're from, you're welcome here in lots of different languages. And that that kind of went all around the world that people had those signs up. And we have such a rich history here as well of refugee resettlement. And when we think about a place like Harrisonburg High School that has over 100 languages spoken among the students, this is a perfect place to, to explore this idea of a global civil rights movement and explore how do we include more diverse voices in this story? And so I'm so excited about Dr. Yami Rodriguez also giving her expertise to this story as community members, as students, again, high school, middle school students think about what does research mean? Who gets to be a researcher? Who's a professor? What are the stories that are included in this? I think it's a great example for us to raise up voices of those who historically have been marginalized, historically have been oppressed or silenced. Um, and think about how do, how do we think about ourselves, right? This is not just a story of something happening over there, as I think about my experiencing researching all across Latin America, but it is our community that is increasingly diverse. And how do we engage with the stories of the past? How do we learn from mistakes? How do we learn from successes? How do we learn from how social change was made uh, in, in ways that even everyone would consider positive, like, you know, taking on segregation and taking on, you know, uh, uh, issues of oppression and marginalization that are, that are in all of our histories. Um, 
So I'm excited to see how not only people can learn from that, but also people can bring their own stories to these conversations. So for example, I'm working with, um, with Hannah Bauman, Carlos Aleman, with the Scholars Latino Initiative. Uh, and they're, these students at Harrisonburg High School are also, and we're an ongoing conversation, so this is to be continued, but um, they're thinking about ways that they might bring either a poster or some sort of research project that they might join, you know, some of these conversations with their own stories of, uh, of immigrant stories and stories from their own background of, of being involved in these civil rights movements. So what I like to think about is that learning is not unidirectional from someone like me to students sitting in the classroom, but learning is so much better when it's multidirectional. And how do we find empowering learning experiences where people can bring what they know into the conversation and then together we build this conversation. I think this is going to be a fun opportunity again over over a dessert reception. We're going to have a jazz quartet uh, playing as well before and during the during the reception for our lecture and then for our conversations with student research. How do we all bring our own stories to exciting new research uh, as we as we tell it anew? Well, Dr. Kirkpatrick, thank you so much for speaking with us. Um, we cannot wait to join you at your symposium on December 2nd. Is that correct? That's correct. Awesome. December and 2nd, 7 to 9 in Festival Ballroom A. Awesome. And if any students want to know more information, uh, can they contact you? Absolutely. You'll see posters up uh, as we also have a Facebook event page. Uh, but yes, absolutely. David Kirkpatrick, uh, damn you. You can Google me uh, or my email is on the posters as well. Awesome. And thank you listeners for joining us today on Conversations at the Cohen Center. Thank you for listening to Conversations at the Cohen Center. Make sure to follow us at Instagram and Twitter at JMU Cohen Center. And be on the lookout for more conversations at the Cohen Center. Thank you.